Well, howdy, folks. This is Market Explainer. We are the number one business and market news place podcast. We are better than group chat. I'm just letting you know. Um, before <laughs> I jump to start in, bees with other places, all right, all right. They don't want. They don't want to talk to you. They don't want to talk about you. So listen, it worked in ter- terrestrial radio, and it's going to okay. work here. Okay, we're going to make it never, a thing. We're going to make it. You never have faith in me. Okay, <laughs> I have ideas, man. I Anybody that's ideas. watched this podcast for any length of time know that's 100% true and accurate. Go ahead. All right. Before I jump into our first story, I want to tell you about our sponsor for this segment, and that is Acre Gold. Meet the new and timeless store of value. Two and a half grams is an excellent weight for the seasoned veteran collector and investor in gold or the first-time buyer. Has a modern design and a mirror-like finish. You can click the link in the description down below. Mm-hmm. And you can get your first um, gold bar from Acre Gold. You pay a small, reasonable monthly fee. It stays steady. And when that monthly fee, fee accumulates and becomes enough to where you can get two and a half grams of gold, they send you the bar. Great way to invest in gold. It's something that I believed in. I'm not saying that the entire economy is inflating and the bubble might pop because I can't say that because I'm not a financial advisor. Right. I'm just a lowly self-taught economist. And, um, you know, lumber's I, only up 400%. So, Well, it's screaming down now. But, yes, yeah. I, I, I like that they send you the gold. That's what yes. makes the company unique to me. It's not just a fiction of your imagination. Of it's not gold a paper investment. In yeah, exactly. And it's something that both of us actually agree on, right? Mm-hmm. Which is like, hey, Which you should rare. have, yeah. So, um, this first story is something we do not agree on. <laughs> no, uh, we do not. <laughs> so, uh, let me just give. First of all, this is a watch story. So, as a watch guy, I have to tell everyone in the watch community today. I'm wearing my uh, Glycine Combat uh, Airman Combat Sub, lovely piece. I'm just um, warning everybody out there before we get into this first story that this is a heavy Danny episode. So yeah. if you've watched this podcast for any length of time, you know what that means. There's going to be yes. a lot of, of Danny-ness yeah, and okay. what There's he gonna thinks be a lot is of important. Correct, correct, correct no, information. No, 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 no. Uh, brilliant <laughs> commentary. I, my, my, my first evidence as Exhibit A is this first story, which okay. contains two of Danny's favorite things. First being watches. As yes. you were showing everybody your watch, and yeah. two really, really scammy people doing scammy things and acting okay. scammy. First, first of okay, all, so let me just okay, let me give a quick explainer. Go ahead about what what a gray market watch dealer is. So, in the traditional watch industry, you have an authorized dealer. Absolutely. So that's like yeah. So that would be a good example. Would be Ben Bridge is a national chain. You walk into the Ben Bridge in Austin, they're going to carry Panerai. Grand Seiko, Rolex, Tudor, all the jazz, all the fun stuff, right? So the deal that most of those, so pre-internet and still to this day, but you know, pre-internet really, the deal most of those people have with their, with the manufacturer is that, hey, we're gonna, you know, you can only sell our products at the price we tell you to, and all this other stuff. And what would happen is uh, a company like Rolex, the Submariner is going to be the most popular piece. And it's going to be the most popular piece in stainless steel. And they're going to say, we're going to send you 20 of them a year. Right. They control the flow of inventory. Exactly. So but then we're can... going to send you 100 Lady date trusts. Nobody right. wants this, this other watch. So the gray market dealer acted as this clearinghouse where the, where the authorized dealer has to maintain a certain volume of sales to keep their authorized dealership. So they would go to the gray market guy and say, all right. I'm going to give you two Submariners. You're going to mark them up to the sky because there's, you know, it, my current dealer right now has a four-year waiting list, right? So if you can get it today, somebody's going to pay more money because sure. there is a manufactured shortage. And the authorized dealer had a place in the market because, yeah, they're going to mark up that those two pieces that everybody mm-hmm. wants, the Sub, but then they're also going to go, uh, you're going to take 50 Lady Datejust off my hand as well, Right. right? Which and the they're math still going to gonna... make money off of in some Correct. way, right? So, but look, this is no different. This happens in a lot of businesses. This is not Correct. just a watch industry. This gray so, area business, as you call yeah, the it. the gray market. Gray so, market. let me just, yeah. So, so, 
this first story is about a gray market dealer in Dallas called mm-hmm. Timepiece Gentlemen or Gentlemen Timepieces. Can't really tell because they have both Instagram handles and their YouTube channel is called something different than their business, but they use the exact same two words, so it's a little... Yeah, Timepiece uh, Gentlemen, Gentlemen Timepieces, yeah. Vaccine to me. So four weeks ago, and this, this, this company has had a meteoric rise since 2018, um, the gray market now looks a little different than it used to. Okay, Rolex meteoric is- rise is a wrong word. Uh, I, I would, would I so. would, I would propose that their meteoric rise is as part as much of a part as their scam as everything I don't, else. It's, it's they not a have scam. a perceived uh, okay. meteoric rise. Okay, they went. The guy went from selling a handful of timepieces out of a uh, of like you know right after getting out of a halfway house. Sure. Um, to doing just shy of $10 million in, in, in revenue last year, that to me is great. Like, God bless, right? Again, you realize all of these numbers you're throwing out are numbers coming from them. And this is yeah. what I mean about sometimes where, okay, this is a very Danny story. All okay. of these numbers that he's using are, are, are numbers that are coming from these people, which are Correct. con artists. They are okay. con artists. Will you just let me finish explaining Go ahead. the relationship between the gray yes, market? Yes, yes, yes. Go ahead. You keep talking, and I'm trying to explain to the people what this is so we can even talk about the story. All right. Go ahead. Okay. I think you've already explained it, but go ahead. Okay, but no, there's still like so. But in the modern era, a lot of the big watchmakers clamp down on that activity. So what's happened is they, the watch, now the watch retailer will go to me, the customer, and say, hey, listen. Uh, you want this um, steel Daytona? Great. Buy a gold watch and two Lady Datejusts. And a lot of people might go, well, yeah, I want the gold watch. I'll buy that, and I'll get the steel one that I want, too. But then I got these two other watches I don't want, so they have to go, and they'll go find a dealer, and the dealer will buy it, and they'll buy it at an inexpensive cost, and then they'll mark it up. And mm-hmm. That, and then another business that they're in is a lot of guys who collect watches, you know, they'll have a budget. Let's say they got a $50,000 budget, but it's a rotating budget of, so they're buying and selling and buying and selling. So they get experience of the totality of owning a, a different kinds of watches. So that's where guys like Anthony Fair and his business partner and timepiece gentlemen come in. They act as a middleman. They, you know, let's say I'm buying a watch from a stranger. They'll step in and say, okay, this is an authentic piece. You know, the box that comes in, the Rolex box is authentic because they sell knockoffs of those that are amazing, actually. Mm-hmm. The card is good, all that other stuff. So this watch business sprouted up, like I said, a meteoric rise. They have, you know, 100 plus, they have a huge YouTube presence. I watched a lot of their videos. And they do what a lot of people perceive to be a, a PR stunt. And they even explained that this was a PR stunt. They turned off all their social media close down their office for a week, pretend to scrape off the, the name on the front door, and at the time, they had inventory from customers, you know, probably millions of dollars in cash, inventory, all this stuff, and one of the co-owners of this business is a former felon, and so people are looking at this in the watch community, and they spend a whole week speculating that these guys did a runner and ran off with people's money, and they just did a crowdfunding campaign where people gave, I think it was a thousand or two thousand dollars. Two thousand dollars. It was two thousand bucks to be a part of a special club, where they would sell watches to you at wholesale prices, all this other stuff. And they, they were raised, only going to allow a thousand of them. So they made right? two million so bucks right be, there. Yeah. And right after doing all of that, they do this stunt. Now they come back with the video. This is where this story, where I think what we're going to talk comes about from. Here. Yeah. Yeah. So they do this PR stunt. They they. They're, all of their social handles go down for a week. Their website comes offline. Um, they're not posting a new YouTube video. And at the end of their last YouTube video, the main co-founder, who looks like he spends most of his life at a gym, um, says, I don't want to deal with this anymore. And he walks out the door. And it seems unprofessional. And he's just like, whatever, forget all this nonsense. <clears throat> they come back to the Internet the next week. And they say, we got you. We were out doing all of this good charity work in Dallas. Um, but in, in the interim, in, in their splice between all this good charity work, they, they developed this accusatory tone where they go, you guys called us scam artists and all this other stuff. And instead of going on the Internet and wasting your time, you could have been doing charity work like us. And that's where I step in and go, hey, man, 
You built an entire business out of a halfway house because of the internet and social media. It gave you everything. And now you're lowering your pants that are way too tight and defecating in the mouth of the consumer that has given you this uh, auspicious position. Because play. it's a scam. It's okay, all it's a, not scam. a scam. It is not a, a scam. scam. You can be a scam and be a business, right? I, I mean, you're, you're talking about what a gray market dealer is in the grand scheme of business and explaining that. And thank you for doing that. But these guys only slightly fit into that category. They are, they are, co-sign, they are co-signment store for watches, yes. right? It's mainly a consignment. And, but here's the deal. And the video that we're basically ju- justifying the story on, it was called The Timepiece Gentleman Scandal Revealed, is yeah, the video they, they posted the video. a little over. It's gone. And yeah. the reason it's gone is because of all the so-called charity work that they talked about during that video. I went and watched this one-hour piece of absolute narcissistic garbage. Scam. Did you watch like, it? Did you watch it before? The, yes. And it's red flag after red flag of right. what a con artist, like straight out of Con Artist 101, said saying blaming like you said their clients for not believing in them blaming the consumer oh everybody came out of the woodwork and said what a scam yeah. he's like oh even people we thought we've worked dealt with for years that we thought were behind us just all of a sudden used it as an excuse to jump on you created this environment you are right. scam artists and here's what here look all the con artist stuff to the so side so when he says so so when the big man says scam artist or con artist i don't know what you mean but let me let me define it. I don't think they're lying about the watches that they're selling. I don't think they're lying. Like, I think everything I, I, in that regard. But I think that, like, trying to pull a PR stunt of this nature, it, it's one thing to pull a, like, a stunt on people. And I, I don't know. It's one thing to pull a stunt on the market and kind of your inside guys. Like, we get the joke, right? Well, but you You're, tell your inside guys first. They literally yes. admitted during the video that the guy, and the guy's on the phone, one of the guys is on the phone with his lawyer, what he says is the yeah. his lawyer in the video. Right. And he talks about, he says something to the fact of, and again, they're kind of filming this, like, reality show where the camera yeah. is just kind of there. You know, he's not right. talking into the camera. And, you know, he says something to the fact that, uh, no, yeah, no, we we talked to all of our uh, people our actual investors and, and people that we have right. inventory from, you know, and they all said, oh, is it a PR stunt? You know what I mean? That's good. That's brilliant. And that right there, that means they didn't tell them ahead of time. They didn't right. tell. This is why I say when I say when I say scam artist and con artist. That's artists, what you mean. What I mean is, is they've they've they're practicing that behavior. I don't know what right. they are. They are an ex-convict and ex-felon. One of them's an ex-convict. The other one's a felon. OK, both of Wait, these have. Th- Yes, really? the Both other guy is an ex-convict. I didn't know that he was yes. convicted of anything. And then the ever. other one is a convicted felon, right? Yeah, the so buff have, one is the convicted felon, Anthony. Right. And then the and other then the guy Italian is guy. An, a, a, convi- a convict, an ex-convict. Oh, sent, well, that's fine. So, uh, so you've got these, and again, that doesn't, I'm just saying that because that's a fact, not because it has anything to do with their and, current And listen, hey guys, business. listen, I, I know that I'm a big person. So I don't walk around wearing a bikini. <laughs> right. So So but, if you're a guy who's an ex con, okay, don't don't do things like this. And no well, one's gonna like don't give a re- people a reason to be suspicious, okay? He literally admits to taking all of their inventory. Yeah. Shutting down all of their stuff, doing this all without it. And you keep saying the words PR stunt and they did too. Yeah. I don't know, still at this point after watching that video, and then it be taken down, that this was a PR stunt. This could have very well been. And oh, by the way, if you go and look, the so-called, all the charity... Now, I'm not taking anything away from what any charity that they may have actually done, which the montage that they showed of them at places was really shady and i say this because it's not like when you see people big companies go to charities you see things like them hand them the big checks and take pictures and all these things these guys did none of that they showed up i mean there was this millisecond of them like one of them like giving soup and again i'm not taking anything away all i know is they told in the video these places that they were going to be donating money by selling these watches and whatever those watches and that site no longer exist 
Well, so the site is back as of like very recently. But to, but so those to watches are nowhere to be found. But that's my that's my point. Yeah. So they went out and maybe told these places they were going to do this and video recorded it. But right. Maybe those places haven't seen a dime. Uh, well, yeah, and I don't know that we know that. So <clears throat> I'm, and the reason I, uh, I, I, I included the story this week was because it's my show. And this, <laughs> he thinks and, it's his show, but right. and again, look, it's an interesting story. So and it falls my within the business and marketplace. Yeah. But. So my my takeaway from it was, um, relation these these audiences that you build are easy to fracture, right? Easy come, easy go. You build an audience in a matter of a year, in a matter of a year, right? Because I've watched, uh, I've consumed. Mm-hmm. inordinate amounts of watch content on YouTube. Sure. And these guys started popping up in my recommended, uh, you know, two or three months ago. Well, they did and, everything you would want them to do to pop in here. Like, they had right. all the SEO, every watch thing. You can't Fancy believe cars. that I just spent $17,000 on this watch. Or I can't, you can't right. believe, you know, the whole lifestyle. And they did a really yes. good, smart job. But guess what? That's what car artists do. Right. They, so they did. Good they, they did don't car- just jump in. They do their research. Yeah, so like, again, I mean, so the reason I wanted to include the story was, hey, like, we talk about building an audience all the time, and it's not like once you build this audience that they're just going to ride or die for you, you know? Like, if you try to pull, so the thing is, they tried to pull, again, I call it a PR stunt, um, and they identify it as a PR stunt, so that means we have to call it a PR stunt. Oh, you can call it a PR stunt. I can call it part of the long con is what I can call it, but go ahead. Right, but they, you know, but they they perpetrated the stunt not on um, a, a group of, they perpetrated the stunt against their own people. That And that's why and that's I say where, it doesn't make any sense. Right. Explain that to me. Like, what did they think was going to happen? I can't. That's the thing. It's like, what, I mean, I, you know, in that video, the now deleted video, they they take a lot of it takes a lot of hubris to say gotcha. Well, I, and right? I'm going to send you the link, and I'm sure Danny already has it. You can actually find their deleted video. Obviously, okay. it's out there. We'll, we'll put a link in it down below where you can actually watch the video that they deleted. Because I guarantee you, somebody, whether it was a lawyer, what their lawyer, somebody went to them and said, "Dudes, you got to take this you down. Take it's this doing down. more damage than it yeah. is helping you." And you know, and they they came out with the the. the one of the founders came out with a video and said, you know, I, I'm sorry. I apologize. And he did it. And in the video, he, in the, in that second video, in his apology video, the, he acknowledges that he just took advantage and he didn't realize. And what I think is, here's what I really think. I don't think he realized. He just thought that these people, his, you know, the people who watch his YouTube videos and buy watches from him, we're just going to be there forever. And he just took them for granted. And he figured out that that's not true. And they will leave him. And they will give him the middle finger. <laughs> and again, not- I'm going back to my early example. I'm a big dude. Yeah. I don't run around in a bikini because nobody, including myself, wants to see that. Okay? I and look, I, so I fall in that if, same category. If you're an ex-felon, don't-, don't abscond with tens of millions of dollars of inventory and investor money in a PR stunt um, uh, trying to do a runner. Like, he, like he, people Nobody's thought you ran with the bag. Nobody's going to find that funny. What? Nobody's going to find that funny. Okay? Nobody, and that's the thing. It, nobody thought it was funny, and it wasn't intended to be funny. It was intended, it was intended to be like, I'm going to get people outraged, and then I'm going to take their nose, and I'm going to stick their nose in their own outrage. And say, why are you outraged? You could have done charity instead. It's okay, like Michael Vick can't go be a dog catcher a day, you know, one day for, uh, you know, the city or whatever, and have it be a right. publicity stunt. Okay, you, right. that wouldn't work. Nobody right. would find that funny or entertaining or or. You well, know what speak I mean? for yourself on that one, okay. but okay. But so again. Without knowing what these guys thought was going to happen, which, again, I'm right. siding on the fact that it, it very well could have been they were trying to run away with the oh, money. Oh, no, I think caught, this all started in their cover face. Up. But I think they started have, the, this started in their face. Yeah, you, you also have – look, who are the people 
and again, we, we don't always know this, but we can we can use some conjecture here. Who are the people doing business with these guys anyway? Right? They're they're shady people, right? Scammy people have a tendency to do scammy things with other scammy people. I don't people. think that they're I don't think that they're customers all, are shit. Okay. Not all. I'm just saying, right? You just alluded to it earlier. Part of the whole gray market business that the Rolex making that deal with whatever supplier here in Texas yeah. they have, Eight they days. don't want you to do these other things. And there's a no, reason because yeah. shady things happen in shady areas, right? So well, look, it's again, mostly about protecting I grew up in South Dallas. Okay. Yeah. If there was something shady look going on, it probably was something shady and that shady was connected to something else shady. Okay. So Fair my enough. point is is yeah. if you're a scammer Right. This good old school mob mentality. You don't trust anybody. And if you're right. doing business with somebody you don't trust, you can guarantee they probably don't trust you either. So you have two scammy, shady guys doing shady business, and you think their clients are a whole bunch of up, you know what I mean, uh, up straight up people? Well, no. I, a good I, I majority of them so, are going to be scammy people. So when they I don't think bolted, so. I think that, okay. I think the majority of their customers are people who like watches, and they're just. And in, in just not just this market, but in general, it's if you have the inventory, you have my attention. Okay. And this is this is my point exactly. And Danny doesn't realize that he's making my point, and hopefully y'all watching does. Danny, y'all know loves a scam. Okay. If Danny can buy a ten thousand dollar watch for two thousand dollars, right, and it's shady, Danny's gonna do it. No, now, okay, because that might be no true. Right, there's no right case for a $10,000 watch to be right. $2,000. And that's not what's going to happen. It's going to be a $10,000 Rolex that I'm going to pay $14,000 for because of the shortages. That's <laughs> well, those, those are the numbers. Those are the numbers. I'm, just I'm not using kidding. That is an example, an example of of somebody look, when something doesn't smell right, there's probably something wrong with Here's it. Here's a better by example. You, by Here's you a better example. Taking advantage of it, you now right. become part of Right. This Here's is a better Ponzi example. Schemes work and right. Yada. So I want to go buy a Rolex. The Rolex dealer says, "Yeah, good luck. I'll put you on the list. We're, we'll give you a call in 2027." Right. Yeah. That's okay. And then then sure. I leave. I leave Benbridge, and then I go to um, General Timepieces, and they say, "Yeah, we have that wa- that ten thousand dollar Rolex. It'll be fourteen or fifteen thousand dollars." Yeah. And well, then and I'll I, pay and them. Look again. I. I the business, the co-signment. I'm a big fan of the co-signment business plan. There's yes. a lot of money to be made in that, and right. I have no problem with secondary markets at all, or third markets yeah. for that matter. We talked about that yeah. with clothing and you know right. what I mean, stuff like that. I have no problem with that. My problem is is how the entire business model is treated, how these guys are treating that business model. Right, that and, is true, and that's why I said earlier when you use any numbers that like, it, and I looked at a couple of different articles. These are numbers coming from these guys. They're not a publicly traded company. They could say, I even watched a couple of their videos. And and again, it's right out of the con man, scam artist playbook of just because you have a picture on a yacht doesn't mean it's your yacht. Doesn't mean that yes. you, that's a buddy's yacht. It doesn't mean, right. or pictures. There was this whole thing that came out several months ago. No, it was longer than several months ago. I think it was at the very beginning of all the stuff last year. And right. it was this um, place out in Los Angeles was renting out its private airline set. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. So it wasn't a private airline. It was a private airline set, a very right. high-functioning. And they were they, they figured out that they can make, instead of just giving it to TV shows or, or movies, yes. they can make a crap ton of money renting it out to these Instagram people and whatever. Right. So they started doing that. At, but the danger yeah, of they, when they, they turned would, around and... They would, um, they would rent it out to Instagram butt models. Right. and But the, the danger of that is the more it catches on like anything else and the more they advertise... All of a sudden, people starting putting one to two together that that you're trying to get me to rent a a place to take pictures, and that looks a lot like this Instagram model's picture where she said she was on a private jet going to blah, 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 right? Whatever, right? And then all of a sudden, now you have this laundry list of Instagram people and whatever. Now they're being called out for not being who everybody said they were. Watches, yachts, a lifestyle in today's world of social media can be manufactured. How much of that in their lifestyle has been manufactured? 
right? And listen, if you've watched some of their videos, which I've watched, I don't care to admit this, but I've watched a lot of them because they're... <laughs> I have not. Just they, enough for you the know, story. Salt Bay has a restaurant in Dallas, so they spend a bunch of money going there all the time. Mm-hmm. They spend a lot of money. You know, the guy even told his one investor, he's like, I just want you to know I am going to buy a speedboat. Because part of what we do here is we sell the lifestyle. I'm like, I don't give a rip about your lifestyle. Show me these extremely rare timepieces that, like, you know, they're doing their, where they're opening boxes, you know, in one of their episodes, and they're opening, you know, $400,000 worth of timepieces, you know, rare Richard Mills, the AP Black Panther, which I think is an ugly watch. I would never buy it. I don't. I, I don't know which, which watch you're referring to. Of but. course not. You don't know anything about this man. I get I don't, this. This look, segment was for me to nerd out, and you had to come in here and talk a bunch. Well, this is a business and marketplace news podcast, not you know timepieces one hundred and one. All right, so yeah. th- th- this is where we talk about business and and, and how these guys look. Again, I, I'm not against anybody making money. Make money any not. legal way that you can make yes. money. Danny probably has a little bit more of a gray area about the word legal way there than I do. I would but, use uh, the word moral because <laughs> it's not up to the government to define what is wrong and not wrong. And there you go. So I'm, I'm all for these guys making money, ex-convict, felon, whatever. I don't care about those yeah, titles. I, I don't know that Marco's an ex-convict. I can't remember. Uh, I don't think that's true. At least listed in the two articles that I read about this, okay. both call him an ex-convict. And the other Not Anthony? Fell. Okay. I, I, I just, they've got it on here. Um, okay, so uh, we're just going off someone else's information. I'm just saying. Look, all no. we have is someone else's information, right? Well, and let me tell you something. Stories. I'm not surprised, okay? I'm just saying I'm not surprised. So, because if I found them, out somebody, what's that? Because the number they put out, and I think you and I, I think we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, when they yeah. actually went you told me, dart. hey, these guys pulled this dart or whatever. Yeah. They, they, according to them again, they built this into a $10 million empire, right? Again, that number is according to them. Okay. You did 10, they say they did $10 million in revenue on a, in a consignment business. So when you say $10 million in revenue, do you mean the retail prices of your watches? That doesn't. That is not, to me, what revenue should be because the ticket price, yeah, you sold something for $15,000 and you got to turn around and give the owner of it $14,500. Your, your, your revenue number there is $500, not, not $15,000. And I'm How pretty many sure of this $2 million in funding that they did off of Instagram, crowdfunding. by the yeah. way, crowdfunding crowdfunded. through Instagram, by the way, which yeah. all in itself is not, not a red flag, apparently, to people. How much of that $2 million? Because they did that and then turned around and pulled this PR stunt. So they did the the crowdfund, and people were falling over themselves to wire these strangers $2,000. And I've I've been scammed a couple of times, okay? How much money have they... How much value? Let's reverse yes. this because people can spend money on whatever they want, right? right? How much value have those one thousand people since See, joining this in- inclusive club? Right. How much value has been returned to them? And legally, it's probably legally speaking, probably zero because right. they crowdfunded on Instagram with no contracts, no. Right. Probably they received probably these people probably didn't even receive an email saying, "Hey, here's what you get." Right. For this thousand dollars, right? I mean, yeah. So, so there's probably zero recourse for these people to get their money back if they have received no value. But what if they spent a week where nobody could get a hold of them? And now that they're back, they've spent the time and money to create a video that flopped. Right. And their reputation, in my opinion, is done. And and the other thing, too, I did, I did want to mention this. The ripple effect of these guys doing this created an awareness in the consumer that, like, oh, wait, they can just run off with my stuff. And other extremely reputable gray market dealers who aren't remotely shady who have been in the industry for a decade plus and then went out on their own. Because if you want to go out on your own and start a watch, com- watch retailing business, 
you're really your only option is going gray market at the at the start. Mm-hmm. And these are guys who have industry stalwarts, well respected, zero concerns about their business. Said, yeah, I had a bunch of consignment guys not list with us, and just decided to try to sell it on their own on eBay or something. Because yeah. this other group that I have nothing to do with, we just have videos on YouTube at the same time, mm-hmm. uh, that kind of had blowback on strangers. And for that, like, if I was a chef at a restaurant and somebody got sick from one of my recipes, um, I would feel awful. And right. this is kind of like the chef shared his recipe with the restaurant down the highway yeah. and said, hey, you guys have this recipe too. They didn't even make it. But just the right. fact that they both had the same recipe, they're like, mm, now we're sick, you know. Well, so, and so, so what is your, what is, so at the very least, and I'm, yeah. I'm going to say this as the big man, not as the market explainer podcast. Sometimes okay. we have to speak for ourselves. These con men have now accumulated at least $2 million. Now, they've obviously done some business in the last year. I yeah. doubt it's anywhere near what they're claiming. But they've I done don't some doubt business. Okay. I think that they use very... Um, I think they probably have the same uh, um, bookkeeping practices as Enron. Okay. So, but, yeah. But my point is, is they have now, within the last... Or uh, at about a year now, have right. accumulated millions of dollars off of con and people that they're going to have to be legally responsible to give no one any money back and right. can walk away now with this bad reputation as millionaires... That they just conned out of people legally, and that because yeah. they've ruined their reputation. I'm not sending a watch. To, not that I would have in the first place, but right. I wouldn't if I had high end watches. I wouldn't. I, look, this happens on the low end. We're talking about this because it's watches, and watches obviously Rolexes and high end pieces can right. be worth tens of thousands of dollars. Hell, even millions of dollars in some cases. Hundreds of right? thousands. Okay. They that one piece that I mentioned, the AP Black Panther. Mm-hmm. I think it's a quarter million dollar piece. It's probably going to sell for four hundred when they're done with it. Which is talking, but this happens on the low end side. Co-assignment right. shops, co-assignment shops right. closing down. People, when you say co-assignment shops, people think of furniture, right? Right. And, and clothes and things like that. This happens on the low side all the time. I have seen it happen throughout my life all the time. Small businesses that are co-signing things from other places, and then they shutter their doors one day because they couldn't keep the doors open, and then right. all the inventory goes missing. But nobody's going to file a police complaint over a two hundred and fifty dollar right. Oh. Whatever, yeah. but for two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, absolutely, you know what I mean. I might absolutely have a problem. Yeah. So, so again, I think this was a tone deaf. If it was a stunt at all, it was a tone deaf stunt, right? That uh, failed on its face. That's going to end up costing these guys their business if they wanted it to continue. On the opposite side, that's at the best case scenario. The worst right. case scenario is these guys were really trying to run away with millions of dollars, realized very quickly that they weren't going to be able to do it, and this is their cover-up, which is an awful cover-up. Right. I think it's the first one. And I also think that there could be a potential that they said, hey, let's just, we can't run away with the with the thing, but we can crater the business, right? Sure. Well, they still have the $2 million that they raised from all these people. They're right. going to get no value. Right, that 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 is the, the club business that goes, they, yeah. I, I I bought a discount coupon for a company that no longer exists. What do you want me to do with it? Yeah, you see what I'm saying? Because that's what the right. that's what the two thousand dollars was for was right. so that you could get a deal on the inside track of these watches. Right, and if that company shutters, which I don't know how it could continue to exist at this point. Well, they, it looks like they're you know they they put out another video this their normal video this week, and it looks like they're gonna. Keep on trucking. I don't know if that, you know, what that entails, but who's gonna who's gonna let them sell their watch? That's what the company? thing. Is I I'm not gonna buy or consign anything to them, and I'm not. I'm I am nearly their target market. I am the guy that they're looking for. You know, uh, you are the guy they are looking for, right? You're you're you know what I mean. But what any deal they had with a reputable dealership to be right. that secondary? Do yes, you think those um, still exist? No. Do you think Rolex or any of these other big manufacturers, you know, uh, watch manufacturers hear that Bob's Austin Rolex or whoever they currently yeah. have a deal with are doing business with these guys and they're going to let that happen? No. Of course, no. Of course, no. Not. 
So all of that business, that inside business that they may have had, at the very least is gone. Right. And why would the average everyday co-signer, right, that that guy that, you know, on any given month has that $50,000 where they like to rotate in and out watches and blah, blah, blah. They're the only chance they would have to continue to exist. And why would that guy do it either? And and the other thing is, it's not so. It's not that they're the only game in town, and that you have to go to these guys. It's that there's ten other guys doing the exact same business on YouTube, and there and five of them are backed by massive, wealthy, uh, jewelry consignment or jewelry companies, and the other guys are backed by you know fifteen or twenty years you know industry veterans that used to work for huge retailers that used to work for directly with uh, the watch manufacturers. So they have a reputation. And these guys, again, and the, the thing is, like, you can't outrun a bad reputation. And, right. And it's not that they – and here's the thing. they Not at this when level. It comes to, here's the thing. When it comes to their actual consignment business, they had a pretty decent reputation. They had a pretty good reputation. Five stars across the various, the various platforms where people get rated. But they shot themselves in the foot, and I'm here to laugh at it. That's all, you know. I I just know from a business and marketplace news podcast, yeah. it here's a great example of what not to do. Fantastic example of what not to okay. do. Okay, here's a great example of a couple of guys that probably could do pretty well for themselves, cons- considering, and and completely destroyed what was their reputation and made it much more difficult for themselves to make money going forward. Well, I don't know what's going to happen to these guys. I wish them the best of luck. I I get the That's distinct true. impression that I might be buying a mattress from one of them sooner than later because they're going to be full <laughs> of mattresses in the future. Uh, All right. But, what do we got next? But I think we should move on to this next story. But before we do that, our sponsor for this next segment is Big Man Gear. BigManGear.com is owned by that guy, Big Man. Um, it is an Amazon Prime store with all of the big man's merch. You can go to bigmangear.com and grab something from there today. And this next story. Hold on. Uh, okay. Got a brand new shirt uh, that okay. I uploaded today. I told Danny about it. Um, everybody knows how much of an antisocial person I am. So it is, uh, I am, uh, it says, I'm about that antisocial life, which ever all of us going back to work, if you are one of those people that have to go back into an office, I feel bad for you. Buy one of these shirts. Wear it to the first day back in the office. Maybe they send you home and just don't want you back to the office, right? So buy one of the shirts and we're good. Maybe you're, uh, maybe you're not going to be employed anymore. <laughs> and so we don't. That was the big man saying to do that, not the podcast. So we you don't need, have any liability. You need to start your own thing anyway. We're yeah. big advocates of starting your own business. Anyway. That is true. And maybe this is the push you need. Maybe you can be one of those people on Instagram who's like, I thought getting fired was going to be the worst thing that ever happened to me. <laughs> but I started my own business, and now I con people into helping me sell their watches. <laughs> There's apparently an opening in that market. I know. So uh, Twitter has this amazing feature. This next story is about Twitter's <laughs> new amazing feature called Fleets. And it's just like an Instagram story. Have you, are you familiar with this? Uh, and no, it's I, gone. I, yeah, exactly. Eight months. And they got rid of it. Eight months. You realize this is the second or third story we've done this year about a social media platform adding some whatever, fill in blank here, right? And then within months, not years, months, shutting it down completely. Yeah. Hilarious. Okay. And then, you know, so Twitter, look... Everybody loves Twitter. Well, I say everybody. I, I love Twitter. Yeah. No. Look, I, I, I love Twitter, I, and I've been banned from Twitter. <laughs> I'm on my been, second or third account. I've never been banned from any social media platform. But uh, the Twitter is great because of that real time interaction, right? Right. Yeah. However, I agree with this. Look, and they even say it in several of the news articles. Fleets come from Twitter has tried to fi- figure out. Why they have, when you take 100% of Twitter users, there's literally only 25-30% of Twitter users that tweet consistently, right? Okay. Your other 70%, like me, uh, by the way, are watchers. We're watching the other 30% interact and and tweet and whatever, right? You're watching me get banned. I am a total voyeur when it comes to Twitter, right? You know what I mean? Probably other things. 
I want to see the insanity back and forth. I want right. to see the football player and the coach go at it on Twitter. I want to see the the movie star and the country music star go at it on Twitter, right? Okay. I, I want to see all of that, but I'm not sitting I'm not going to engage with anybody on Twitter like you would. Obviously, right. we all know of the famous Danny and was it Mark Cuban, right? That's correct. Got into a Twitter war, right, yep. over you on, know. on my band account. Okay, the big man is not going to do that. The big man is not yeah. going to argue with anyone on Twitter or any other social media platform. Well, right. I say that. I argue just with saying, Danny on here on YouTube, but right. that's different. I am not arguing with anybody on Twitter. I'm just not right. going to do it. You're not arguing with strangers on Twitter. No. I'm just saying my claim to fame is that I argued with Mark Cuban uh, on Twitter, and your claim to fame is you're a voyeur on Twitter. That's Hey, whatever. Okay. All right, my claim but, to fame what, is how much money I uh, take care of my family with every month. That's, that's, that's my okay. Claim. Okay, that's All probably right. a better claim to fame. Yeah, but so, I just, I just, um, the reason I thought this was, you know, important to talk about today was, look at them being, you know, like flexible. Look at them investing a bunch of money in a service and then going, hey, nobody wants this. Because hey, guess what? We got it from Instagram and we don't like it on Facebook and I barely care about it on Instagram. And you stole the whole concept from Snapchat. Somebody give them their due. Well, so they, they obviously wanted to increase the engagement, which was what they were trying to do. They tried something that didn't work, and they're getting rid of it, which is cutting the fat, right? You have something that doesn't work and, and get rid of it. And look, here's, here's literally one of the quotes, and I like this, so I wrote it down. It says, if we're not evolving our approach and winding down features every once in a while, we're not taking big enough chances. Right. I, I mean, it's the truth. A company like Twitter that has the amount of money that they have they should don't have any invest. Money. Stop saying this. Okay. They don't have any money. They make no money. They make money. Okay. They don't make so any money. They they make money. Okay. They don't Look, make money. The point is, is companies, yeah. large or small, should invest in trying things marketing-wise, growth-wise, whatever, Right. Very rarely is it a bad business venture to try and spend money on trying to change something, right? And if it doesn't work, you at the very least learn something. They learn this is not going to work for them. Right. So they got to try something else. Why continue to spend money on it if it's going to... I think this is one of the things that in the last five or six years, big companies have gotten better at than they used to be. It used right. to be that if, look, if a billion dollars went into it, we're having this problem in business right now, people going back to work. Right. Because reality is it costs the company more money for you to go back to work. Right. Any incentive they may give you is more money. The reality of it is it has nothing to do with you. It has to do with the fact that they just spent a billion dollars building that complex. Right. And they want it to be used. And I think that um, it is short-sighted, right? It is. Because if you look at the long term, if you're trying to, whether it's going back to work, whether it's like eating, eating fleet off of their platform, I never once. And I'm an, I, was, I started using Twitter. My original account got built up to 20,000 followers. Nice. I tweeted 16,000 tweets and then got booted off the platform. <laughs> and, uh, you know, for reasons. Um, for I'm reasons. not saying it's because of my perennial thing. I find it hilarious. Every time you say it, I giggle a little inside. But that I got, that I got that booted from got Twitter? Booted, yeah. yeah. It, just, I, it um, brings me joy. But well, yeah, it's the little things in life. But, you know, I never use this feature. Ever. I, I, I look, I am not a I, I'm not like Danny, a, a social I'm a very social person. Obviously, you all watch me on this podcast. Y'all know that I'm loud and obnoxious. But when it comes to social media personally, not right. a big fan. Not a, uh, not a, you. You look at my Facebook. I'm. It's got my kids. It's got my wife. It's got some of the vacation stuff we do. But I am not pouring my personal soul out on Facebook or Twitter yeah. or his, anyone else. His personal Facebook is pictures of that his wife has tagged him in. At one hundred percent. That is ninety percent yeah. of the posts. Unless my kids do something that I just happen to be the only parent they were at. Like, right? Okay. Yeah. So, but and I get that that's. Other people can do other things, but you know it. It becomes this environment where you do stupid things. It gives you an outlet of doing stupid things. Fleets and Twitter and stuff like this. Again, they're just trying to grow. 
I appreciate them trying to grow. I appreciate them changing and saying, hey, it's not working. Guess what? Folks, you're watching this podcast. This is our first full podcast of our new brand. We right. just rebranded, right? For the right. same reason. You try something, it's not that it wasn't working, but I think this is better. Sometimes right. you change not because something needed to be fixed, but because it may do better, right? Right. So, uh, Previously, idiots versus idiots, and now market explainer, which I think again we didn't, we haven't said on this podcast, but we did do a video about it that will be coming out right before this airs. And if you haven't seen it, go back and watch it, which basically explains why we did make the change and right. what it's about and that kind of stuff. But so good for Twitter. You should pivot every now and then. That kind of stuff. Go on about your business. Try something else. Fail a little bit more, and then uh, make some more money on the other end. All right. Well. Does that conclude everything you have to complain about on this one? On, <laughs> oh no! We should be called market complainer. That the, the yeah, market complainer uh, is going to come on the next one. Go ahead right. with your Croatian okay. electric car company. All right. Well, before I get into that, I want to tell you about our sponsor for the next segment. My my company, WorkAtHomeStuff.com. Uh, the big man is correct. A lot of people are going back to work, but a lot of people are getting their final marching orders that they are just working at home from now on <laughs> not even um, the final marching orders just saying hey i ain't coming back yeah and this is a lot of people in my family that they were like yeah i'm not going back to the office right and their company's like yeah okay we get it right <laughs> um so you're gonna need a desk you need a chair stuff like that you can go to work stuff.com um for all of that stuff and you can mm -hmm. you know we have a bunch of articles on there about why you should choose what kind of desk and so on and so forth so absolutely. this next story, what's that? I said absolutely. And this next story, as Danny said, is Danny's non-story story of the day. This is not a non-story. This is it not is a non-story. Non this is a story. Go so, ahead and you tell us why it's a story. This is why I said heavy Danny. This is a car story. First we had a yes. watch story. That's correct. Now we have a car story. Not right. even an American car story, but a European car story. So it's okay. a fancy car story. And it's a when you get into the actual details that Danny completely skims over, it is That's a really non-story story. And I'll tell you why when Danny's done. Go ahead. Okay. So... For any of us who are fans of Top Gear, which is anybody who's really into cars, or their um, Amazon, you know, kind of remake of those guys was Grand Tour, you'll mm -hmm. know that um, not Clarkson, the hamster, uh, Jeremy Hammond, or Hammond, whatever, I forget his first name now, but he crashed a Rimac, an electric uh, hypercar. He crashed it on a hill climb and nearly died because the thing caught on fire. Did he? I did yeah. not hear that. Right. And uh, that, that company, Rimac, the Croatian electric supercar maker that started in the garage 10 years ago, is now going to join forces with Bugatti, and they're going to change their name. They're going to be Bugatti Rimac now. And it's, that's, that, that in and of itself, that a Croatian company now owns a piece of what used to be Volkswagen, which well, Volkswagen used to own the, the entirety of Bugatti, you know, an Italian supercar, and has okay. so much rich heritage. I always, I thought from the very beginning of when Volkswagen started building Bugattis that they were ugly. I never thought they were good looking. I didn't care for the, I don't care for the Chiron. I don't care for any of them. Okay. But the fact that a Croatian electric supercar company that started in a garage in Croatia. Not a place anybody goes, oh, he got a Croatian car. He's doing real well. Okay? <laughs> no, no shade so to Croatia. So your interest in this story is the fact that, that a Croatian car company Correct. is joining forces with a much more well-known high-end name in Europe. That's your, correct. That's your interest so, in the story. So what's going to happen is, um, uh, you know, Rimac is partly owned, is going to remain partly owned by Porsche. Uh -huh. um, Porsche owns, and this is, this, this, this pool of businesses is extremely incestuous and it's nearly impossible. Well, and this is why, hold on, so this is why I say it's a story, non-story, right? So okay. I was interested to figure out what your 
interest angle. in this story was, and I get it. So the so okay, that that makes me feel a little bit better. Why I say it's a it's a non-story story. It's a ten-year-old because of the incestuous. What you were just talking about, incestuous right. business. You have so, Remax. Is going to control 55%. Porsche is going to get 45%. But Porsche already owns 24% of Rimac. Rimac is then also going to, is also a, a, or I'm sorry, Hyundai is also a 12% stakeholder of Rimac. But they're, so they're also going to get to benefit from the relationship that is now a 55% stake in what is bugatti rimac so what you end up having and what this is why i say it's a a non-story story is this is really has nothing to do with nothing except for getting and you're seeing this in all of the automotive industry partners out there right is what elon musk wanted to happen 10 years ago was hey i want to get into the automotive industry and help everybody make electric cars better right nobody wanted to work with him Correct. Now you fast forward 10 years, Elon Musk figures Tesla out for the most part, right? You have all these other small companies trying to get into the business, and your existing car manufacturers want to, instead of go out and necessarily acquire these smaller ones that have made it up to small and medium, like Arrivians or whatever, they right. just want to develop their own and buy technologies and stuff like right. that. And they want to share the cost, by the way. Right. Right. General Motors and doesn't want to do it by itself. General Motors wants to do it with this and with that, and you know. Yeah. That's so what this Ford, is. Ford has a has a tie up with Rivian. General Motors, you know, had that tie up with a company that we cannot name anymore, but they were right. a scam. But you know, um, a, a lot of it was is they understand that electric cars are just going to happen, and there's nothing they can do about it. And they're they understand one thing. Why would we go acquire this company when we have the hundreds of years of heritage and we're just going to acquire their technology and we're going to play nice and then when the time comes, we're going to squash you like a bug? Well, you, you, Porsche is going to control 45% of this company. Right. That is meaningless if it fails to them. It Correct. affects them nada. Bugatti, right. same thing, right? Bugatti's got his name on it, but they're keeping the company separate, 100% separate. So it means if this fails, if this comp- electric car company venture fails entirely, if you look at, again, the way this is all set up, it, it's meaningless to anybody involved. Except for Rimac, which Rimac is, they go, But that's the original up. Croatian electric right, car but company just, anyway. Here's what it blows my mind. Ten years ago, some guy in Zagreb is trying to make an electric supercar in Croatia in his garage. And it's not like he had a, like, um, Koenigsegg, uh, you know, like Daniel Koenigsegg was, you know, kind of made the amazing uh, hypercars. It's not like it was one of his, like, pristine, you know, air-sealed, hermetically sealed facilities. This was a garage in Croatia. A garage, yeah, in Croatia. It looked like a garage in Croatia, okay? And the okay. fact that 10 years after that, and the fact that, this was not a small crash. This was a huge PR nightmare for them that this guy took the car and it lit on fire. And it was like it, a regular internal combustion engine is not going to tumble down a hill and light on fire like this. That's in the movies, right? Like that, right. that doesn't happen in reality. And this was like, yeah. Hey, good, bad PR, right? Like sometimes <laughs> all, you know what I mean? I guarantee you when that happened, when that when that aired or when that happened and made the news, right. I guarantee you, car manufacturers, Porsche, we got may, some of them may have not had no idea who this guy is, right, or, or was, and then all right. of a sudden this news article comes out and somebody at Porsche goes, uh, what? does anybody know people? about this car? Right, like, did anybody watch this? Did somebody watch it? You know, like, and the other thing too is, um, the advancement of technology has gotten so good mm-hmm. that it's easy for companies to go out there and, and put together not easy. It's easier than it's ever been for a guy to go out there and say, I'm going to start an electric supercar company and I'm going to source this from China and that from here and this from Germany. And I just got to go here and I can put the whole thing together and it's become, I can 3d print this. It blows my mind that a guy in Croatia could do this. 
and it blows my mind even alibaba and you know what i mean all these different kind of sites like that where i can buy almost anything from almost any place in the world for relatively inexpensive and like you said 3d printing right yes things and stuff like that and so i'm just fascinated right that after 10 years a company can end up in a partnership with bugatti one of the most uh long running names in auto manufacturing Mm -hmm. and that they even got their name tagged listen the fact that it is bugatti rimac the fact that that's even happened that they're even putting the name on it the fact that they just didn't say we're acquiring the entirety of Rimac's technology and shutting Rimac down, and now the entire well, team works for Well, but obviously the smartest people in the world aren't putting these deals together. We we just talked about the one with GM. How did yeah. that even happen when you <laughs> have billions of dollars to yeah. vet these yeah. contracts? But I tell you what, I couldn't find anywhere in this article and another one that I read about it where any money changed hands. Yeah, so it's all just everybody so... shook hands. Everybody shook hands and said, we're just, you know, we're all shaking at the urinal. There's no, no one's pissing in someone else's so, cup Unlike here, so. the General Motors one where that yeah. guy got a check. Yeah. It, it doesn't look like Porsche and Bugatti. They've just basically said, hey, if you figure it out, right? We're with you. Great on you. We're there yeah. to help. But if you no, don't. I think some of the technology is already, you, Porsche is already using some of their technology. So. And look. I'm just it, thinking. I'm just Porsche saying may get Porsche may get he may figure out something not necessarily an entire electric car but right. figures out something that is useful to them and it's right. worth every penny they may or may not give him right Correct. but I couldn't find anywhere on here unlike the General Motors deal that was right. like here's you know what I mean 10 20 million dollars everybody just exchanged paperwork yeah. exactly exactly um but I just good luck again, to him I hope yeah. he figures it out Right. I'm sure everybody out there would buy an electric Porsche. You know what I mean? 911 right. if it came out, you know. That's disgusting. Dude, a Porsche 911 never... is the most recognized Porsche on the yeah. planet. Don't and snarl I would never your buy... nose. I'm yeah, just I know. And if, and if people buy an electric one, they're stupid. I'm not buying a Porsche, period. But. Well, I'm that's because saying... you don't fit. But, yeah. <laughs> Why you got to take it to a fetch place? Danny. I didn't take it, take it to a, a fat, fat place. place. You could have been the like, fat place okay, I don't like, you know what I mean, Porsches, all right? Okay, neither one of us would fit, all right? Okay. That's not true. I can fit. I know I can we fit. We definitely, the two of us ain't getting in together, all right? That's, all right, that's gonna... for sure. All right, but go go ahead. Okay. Um, well, uh, this last story doesn't have a sponsor anymore because we are changing some things in our organization. Actually, mm-hmm. you can go to patreon.com slash market explainer. That's right. And, and uh, we're going to set up some tiers, and we're going to figure all that stuff out. But you can just go there and um, sign up for our thing, and we're going to figure some stuff out. We're not taking your money just quite yet. but Well, we've got a whole new everything coming out. We just talked about right. the rebrand and everything like that. Yeah. We have a whole new website coming. We have a whole new right. Patreon coming out with a, a whole bunch of content and tiers that are going to be on that. And exclusive stuff, um, including uh, full episodes, I think is going to move to Patreon where um, clips are going to be available on YouTube and stuff like that. So we got a sure. whole bunch of things changing and stuff like that. So make sure that you do patreon.com slash market explainer. I'm right. sure we'll have a much more um, uh, a domain that plan. goes to it, yeah. you know, plan. But that's where we're at right now. So keep up on that. And then um, our last story. I Look, this is a story, you know, how rarely Danny loves to uh, – uh, I send stories to Danny all the time. Sometimes yep. Danny allows, as he says, Correct. allows yep. our, our stories on Permits. here. Uh, permits. Permits. I thought this was an actually hilarious story that fit very well within Business and Marketplace News. Uh-huh. The company of McCormick's, well, McCormick and Company, which we all know as the taco seasoning packets that we all McCormick grab and Schmidt. at the Groly. It's it's by far the number one most bought taco seasoning, right, um, that everybody buys. Uh, and here's the ad. Calling all taco connoisseurs. We are now hiring a director of taco relations. Now, that sounds, when I first read it, I thought this is BS. It's just marketing stunt. It's just whatever. But here's the deal. The food company, known for its spices, officially announced the new four-month contracted position that pays $100,000. 
$25,000 a month for a four-month contract where you get to go around, eat tacos... Play on social media, being their 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 taco media expert, right? For a hundred grand, Danny. So here's the thing. Um, I guess this is a good time to announce that um, from September to December of this year, I will be McCormick's <laughs> new tacos. Are I saw the story and I saw the headlines all over the place, and I thought when you sent it to me, I was like, oh, one of these, because you know, we did one about a vineyard who they're paying right. you whatever that was. This is different. And this, this is, different, is different, different because I like tacos. I'm a taco connoisseur. <laughs> um, body by taco. That's one body of my things. That's awesome. Um, but I think this does. Listen, this, 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 they're going to fill this position. It's going to cost yeah. them $100,000. But they got, I would assume, $5 million in earned media. Oh, God, minimum. Just so much. Yeah. This is how you do a PR stunt. Correct. This is how you do it. You say, yes. I'm going to hire somebody in a, in a world where you have pe- people are looking for workers. Weird jobs. I, yeah. Right. We're, but they're working for, you're, you're looking at a world where, okay, cost It's a four-month contract. They're going to give, they're, listen, they're going to give you, a, yeah, it's a four-month contract. So they know that this is, they know that they're, the, whoever's going to get this job is not going to do anything. Right? It's they costing know that. them a hundred grand. Everything else is like all free content, free marketing, free earned, content, media. Free, earned media, earned media, right? It's costing them a hundred grand to deal with somebody they may or may not like for four months. That's it. And not only, and guess what? A lot of that earned is coming because this person is going to be there for four months, and they're going to be on TikTok, and they're going to be on Instagram, and they're going to fly them to these different Guy Fieri type of places yeah. to try tacos and to, you know what I mean, and have a, a camera crew follow them around or whatever. Uh, so that earned advertising is coming for the next, right. for the rest of the year. Right, yeah, and so it's still coming. And hey, guys, uh, in 2022, in um, the starting of the summer, I will be starting the Austin Taco Tour, and I will be taking you to my ten favorite or five favorite taco places in Austin. Uh huh. Right. Well, but how? Uh, ma- but how many local news stations? Right, Bob County. Yes. Right, local eight news is right. going to sh- is they're going to say, oh, the the McCormick and in- yes. Schmitz or whatever McCormick's Taco Corner Connoisseur is in town this weekend, right. trying Bob's Tacos favorite taco truck. Right or whatever, like they're gonna get it over and over at every stop and every place yeah. and every. I mean, it is absolutely. This is how you do a PR stunt. This Correct. is absolutely brilliant. And, and so, so do we agree that this is a PR stunt? One well, again, one hundred percent. Okay, like, good. This is good. this, and this is where people get caught up sometimes. Right? In could could they get this level? of advertising out of a hundred thousand dollars of just making a commercial of people eating tacos like absolutely not right the cliche mom and dad right mom's cooking the tacos and the little rugrats are running around and you know what i mean she's all smiling with her designer jeans and everything yeah they're like ethnically ambiguous but they're kind of tan but they're not saying where they're from you don't know exactly what they are but But they're not white people that's for sure you know and then the black dad comes in because you gotta get you know what i mean like yeah you have to make it very diverse Exactly. What, but he also speaks Spanish, so you don't right. know what is he Dominican? Exactly. Like what you does also, he have? He also exactly. speaks Spanish, you know what I mean? Yeah. Ah, you know. But the point is is you it would cost you probably 50 grand to shoot that commercial. Right. And then to put it on TV would cost you, you know what I mean, another 100 200 grand, right? So Correct. They would not get this amount of anywhere close to this amount of advertising by paying that. And to me, honestly, this this should be the future. This should be the right. future of advertising. Take real people, pay right. them insane amounts of money like this, twenty five grand a okay. month. But insane for the person getting twenty five thousand. For McCormick's, this is like we are the director of of spice operations took a flight from two between two factories and it cost us thirty thousand dollars to operate the plane. They don't care. Right, but that's my point. Pay these people an absorbent amount of money to them that's a drop in the bucket to you that that creates at the very least some goodwill, right? 
like some goodwill, right? We're talking about a week where you know who flew up, you know where to space in a rocket that looks like you know what yeah. flew down to Earth and then said thank you for giving me your money. Okay, well, he literally. <laughs> this listen, is all because you gave me your money. Can I tell you something? Yeah, go ahead. Um, as a big person, you know it's hard to find pants. Yeah. Amazon Amazon Essentials jeans fit me like no other jeans, so <laughs> he continues to earn my money. Okay. He used your money to go to space, Dan. I don't care, bro. He I'm gave just... me the pants. I wanted the pants. He gave me the pants. I don't care how he got the pants, even though I'm probably afraid if I found out how he got them, I wouldn't want them anymore. Okay. All I'm saying is the 10 kids it took in China to make that. Yeah, and then, you know, the, <laughs> the guy who works in the, faci- the, the, you know, the, the sorting facility that pees in a Gatorade jug <laughs> so that he can get my pants to me in two days. But I wanted the pants. So, so I'm just saying two different sides of the spectrum of advertising. Right, right. Like, that's all I'm saying. So we covered the gambit today. We covered all kinds of PR stunts today. We did, and you know what? If I enjoyed it, so that's all that matters. And hopefully, everybody out there uh, got the explanation of these stories and and got a little bit more insight in these stories. I will say, and this just kind of marks our new market explainer uh, branding is uh, Danny. We have been on the forefront of a lot of our stories. We just have. Danny sent me yet another one this week where a a major news outlet turned around, what, a week after we did a story here. One month. One month. One month. They were a month behind us. They were a month behind us on a news story, and we did a better job explaining it than they did. So uh, stick around. Hit the subscribe button. Uh, follow us, of course, on Twitter. It is at right at Market Explainer now. That's correct. Facebook, everything is all Market Explainer now. So right. even if on you TikTok could, is Market Explainer now. And if you could just gently caress the subscribe button, you would, why you got to make people uncomfortable? What they yeah. don't need to caress anything. Use your. And if your you mouth. could just, you could just you know kind of make a no, circle. No, no, Dave, stop, it. stop. Stop. Around that's it. it. That's enough. The bell that's icon, all we need. Do you have anything damn dumb to say at the end? Go ahead. No, I don't have anything dumb, but I just wanted to add in before we conclude the show that my bank continually claims to be so high tech, but anytime I try to direct e-deposit cash, it never works. I don't know what's worse to end on that statement or the fact that you were literally pulling your finger in a circle to the camera and it yeah, was just, so uncomfortable. Either way, just, folks, I apologize for Danny. Just, I apologize just massage, for this podcast and just God massage help us all. That, Hopefully, that bell notification. we'll see you the next time around. Yes, we will.